Are you ready to take your message, your business, and your life to the next level? Want to learn from someone with more than a decade of experience, training tens of thousands of people from all around the world? Hi, Cliff. This is Pauline from Auckland, New Zealand. John from Calgary, Alberta. Amy Porterfield. Michael Hyatt. Dan here from Dunedin, New Zealand. Ray Edwards. Mark Mason. Mike Stelzner. Pat from Smart Passive Income. It's Darren from Melbourne, Australia. Whether you're looking to launch a podcast or build an online business that allows you to do the work you love, you've come to the right place. Podcast Answer Man presents The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. Now, here's your host, Cliff Ravenscraft. That's right, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. And today we're going to be talking about what it takes to develop healthy habits. We're coming up on the new year, and of course, everybody's probably thinking and hearing about these New Year's resolutions, and I know that a couple weeks ago, I talked about, you know, the idea of setting goals and how to achieve any goal that you remain focused on. I shared a step-by-step formula. It was just a few episodes ago. Today, we're not going to be talking about specific goals, like uh, I want to, for example, launch an entirely new product in the new year, or I want to uh, complete a marathon or, you know, one-off goals. Those those are one-off goals that I want to achieve this. And once I get there, I will have been able to say I marked that off my goal list. Instead, today, what I want to talk about is the actual implementation and development of new rituals in our lives, new routines, new habits, And the question is, have you ever tried to incorporate a new healthy habit into your lifestyle and found little success maintaining it? I know that has been the case for me over many years. However, I have developed several new habits that are very much a part of my life and they have stuck for more time than I could possibly have ever imagined when I first set out with the desire to create that new habit, that new routine in my life. And I want to tell you a little story, and it has a lot to do with my health and fitness journey. Many of you have been following me for years. You're very familiar with my fitness journey, but I'll just give you the Reader's Digest version of this. Basically, in 2008, that was the very first year of me owning and operating my own business, As a result of all the things that I didn't know about what I didn't know about business, I made a lot of mistakes. uh, Mistakes related to pricing. I made a lot of mistakes about how to attract clients. I made a lot of mistakes about not having a mailing list. I mean, there are so many things that, man, if I only knew then what I knew now or what I know now, uh, things would have been different. But things weren't different. Unfortunately, I... I grinded it out in 2008, working around the clock, uh, 12 to 14 hours a day, seven days a week for the first nine months of 2008 without a single day off. Finally, after nine months, uh, the business was picking up enough to start paying me a paycheck, which was awesome. It wasn't a very big one, but uh, it was paying me a paycheck, and I decided to take one day a week off, and uh, pretty much by the end of the year, I celebrated by doing a 24-hour non-stop podcast marathon. Uh, what, what better way to actually celebrate the end of a year where you work yourself, uh, working at, what is that, the, working the candle at both, lighting the candle at both ends of the stick? <laughs> anyway, you get the idea. What better way to 
celebrate the end of your first year in business where you've worked around the clock nonstop other than just doing a 24-hour nonstop marathon. I have no idea why I did it, but I did. And long story made somewhat slightly shorter. I ended up within, I think by the time that 24, I did make it through the 24-hour nonstop marathon, but I think it was like within two hours of the end of that marathon, I was in the emergency room of the hospital and in fact ended up in the hospital for two weeks and nearly died. That's how I started my second year in business. It was not a fun experience as you can imagine. Spoiler alert, I didn't die. I I made it through. But that certainly kicked off inside of me the motivation to start thinking about my health and fitness in a whole new way. Um, I had always in my life had ex- experienced issues with weight, overeating, um, just lack of f- uh, good physical activity in my life. I, it, it just, I, I'm, I don't have... I I could come up with all kinds of excuses. It doesn't matter. Just to say this, that prior to 2009, I lived a pretty lousy life when it comes to physical fitness, health, and all of those things. So much so that by 2009, I weighed 272 pounds um, and and just I I was a mess. I almost died as a result of it. Now, for me... That was the motivation I needed to start taking that area of my life to the next level. I had, I had achieved success in so many other areas of life, but when it came to health and fitness, it was time to take that area of my life to the next level. And I knew that I needed to develop a few new healthy routines, healthy habits in my life. And for me, that began the journey of trying to implement a consistent physical workouts, uh, trying to develop healthy, consistent habits when it comes to the types of foods that I'm eating, the amounts of foods that I'm eating, all of those things. And I had this I had this fitness journey and there was a time when I had dropped as much as 72 pounds over 18 months and and over the time I went up and I just had this up and down roller coaster of success and failure when it came to my fitness journey, you know, trying to discover how do I instill healthy habits into my life where they become a part of my lifestyle. And one of the opportunities I had throughout this entire time was actually the the honor of speaking at every single platform conference put on by Michael Hyatt and his business partner at the time, Ken Davis. Now, these guys put on an incredible event. They did it sometimes more than once a year and every every time they had a platform conference I spoke at it and the crazy thing is is that there were I have pictures of myself and some video of myself at, at all of these various different events where I spoke on their stage and sometimes there's a guy on stage that weighs you know in the 260s if you will and there are times when there's a guy on that stage that weighs closer to like, let's just say 202 or 206. And there's a vast difference between how I looked uh, in those photos. There's a definitely a vast difference in how I felt uh, emotionally and physically 
in those photo uh, or when I when those uh, speaking opportunities came about. And the one thing I can tell you is that over this journey, it it's it had been a constant. I'm not going to say it had been a constant struggle, but it had been a constant learning curve, if you will, of, of how do I develop and change my life? So I don't see the, the years from 2009 to 2014 in my pursuit of taking my health and fitness to the next level. I do not see that as a failure. Uh, instead, I, I did mention that I, I had during that period of time many successes and many failures, but I, I like the term instead of failures that I experienced, I had temporary defeat. You know, I I'd lost my consistent commitments to the habits, the healthy habits that that got me the results that I wanted. And, and I noticed that I, I just got out of those routines. Some things had happened. I I was triggered by certain events. By the way, that's one thing I can tell you is that with every one of those setbacks where I ended up getting triggered and and going back to an old lifestyle, of going back to my old habits, every time I did that, I learned something new about myself. I learned about the, what the triggers were. I learned about what environmental circumstances led to some of those decisions, and I certainly learned a lot about my own motivation and and so sometimes you just have to experience the ups and downs and realize it's a part of life and you can't let yourself be beat up because what I can tell you is that during that during those years from 2009 to 2014 there were many times when I had fallen off the horse I guess you could say and I didn't want to get back up because I feel like why bother Man, I, w- I was going so strong for six months, and then this happens, and that, or and then I allowed myself to do this, or th- I was going so awesome for 18 months, and then this I allowed to happen, and the problem is, is when I allow myself to think, oh, wow, I've messed up, it, for me, it became an all-or-nothing kind of game. It, it was like either I am 100% successful but if I mess up and, and my commitment is to do this daily or five days a week and if I only did it three days, then I failed and all of a sudden it's like it, it, this all or nothing mentality made me feel like, well, why bother? And, and there's so much of this stuff that I learned during this time. Anyway, what changed for me personally? It all changed in November 2014. I was actually speaking at the final session of the platform conference november 2014 we were in colorado springs colorado michael hyatt ken davis invited me to come back out and speak again at their their final event and from the stage i got up there and just a few weeks earlier i had purchased a brand new suit for myself to actually be on stage and the reason why is because unfortunately from just a what was it 12 months earlier or 10 months earlier I don't know how how much it was but from the previous time that I was on stage in Dallas with them I had gained more weight and the suits and shirt the the nice looking shirts and everything that I had previously no longer fit and so I went and got fitted for a brand new suit that was just a few weeks before the event and then we get to Colorado 
And I'll never forget just how humiliated I felt that morning of, of when I gave that talk at the platform conference. And the reason why I felt humiliated is because I went to put on my suit that day, the suit that was just perfectly fitted for me and fit great when I brought it home and tried it on two weeks earlier. But that day that I got up on the stage that morning in my hotel room, I went to put on my jacket and I couldn't button the jacket. In two weeks, I had already outgrown the jacket and I was absolutely humiliated. I felt like a failure. I felt I felt like a fraud and and the thing is is thankfully I was able to get up on stage that day. Uh, thankfully, I had gone through the score conference and by that time, the score conference is a speaker training by the way. But by that time, I'd already discovered the secret of not getting nervous about getting on stage and the fact uh, that getting up on stage and delivering a talk is not about like, oh my gosh, I hope people like me or I hope people are impressed by me or I hope people won't judge me. Back when I first started speaking, those were the primary things that I thought about in preparation to getting up on stage. But through going to the Squirt Conference, it's like, listen... Uh, Michael and Ken did not invite me to come here to impress people, to get people to like me, or to avoid people judging me. They hired me here to share my experiences when it comes to building an online platform and helping tens of thousands of people successfully launch a podcast, and that's what, what they want me to talk about and bring that value to people, and And I had tons of value, and so I was able, by the time it, it came for my talk, I was able to get up on that stage and I was able to deliver that talk with boldness and with confidence. And I did it extremely well, if I do say so myself. And the reason why I'm able to do that, say that is because of the, of the amazing training that I received from the SCORE conference, the speaker conference, speaker training conference that I went to. But later that day, after speaking at the event, so many people came up to me and says, oh my gosh, Cliff, I've been following you for so long. I'm so inspired and motivated by you. You know, I just want you to know how much you have inspired me. Man, I want to be able to achieve what you've done. I'm, I want to get rid of my unfulfilling day job and build my own platform. And basically what they were saying is that I want to achieve the level of success in my life that you have achieved. Now, I've got to tell you that Hearing those things, it, it certainly is very uh, rewarding, it's, it, it's encouraging, but when I left that atmosphere and I went back to my room, I got to tell you, it, 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 it really caused me to spiral into a bit of self-pity, and, and what it did for me personally was it got me to thinking, I feel like a fraud, not that I was a fraud on the stage. I mean, I delivered what I knew I had to offer as value on the stage. But what I felt like a fraud in is this idea of, I mean, I've always told people, listen, I want to encourage people. I want to entertain, educate, encourage, and inspire people with the content that I'm creating, whether that be on the stage or in products and services, through my podcast episodes, through anything that I'm doing, 
I want to entertain, educate, encourage, and inspire. But what for what purpose? I want to entertain, educate, encourage, and inspire people so that I can help them become more of who they were created to be, to take every area of their life to the next level. And well, I had successfully at times been doing things in my health and fitness journey where I felt like I was an incredible example of taking your health and fitness, that area of your life to the next level. And then there I am on the stage that day, you know, probably, I actually, no, I do know it was, I was 268 pounds that day. And that's after going all the way down to 210. So, um, yeah, I, I felt like a fraud. And why I felt like a fraud was due to the fact that people said, Cliff, I want to be able to achieve the levels of success that you have achieved. And and I'm thinking, wow, what kind of role model am I for these people that, you know, hey, it it for me, I've allowed my work once again to become my number one priority in life. My health and fitness has taken the back burner once again. And I don't know that I actually want people to mimic my lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? That that's it's like I I I, I want people to achieve certain areas of success that I've achieved, but I don't want them to live the life that I was living because, well, honestly, I was not living a great lifestyle. I did not feel like my lifestyle, my habits, my daily routines were in line or in integrity with who I was created to be. So November 2014 is when that happened at the Platform Conference, and then there was a speaker dinner. And at this speaker dinner, Ken Davis and his wife Diane invited myself and my wife Stephanie to have dinner with them at their table. Ken had brought up the idea. He said, Cliff, I'd like to make an offer to you. And I just want you to know that I only make this offer out of love. I've never done this for anyone before, but I've been praying and I felt led to to make an offer to you. He says, I've been watching you over the last several years, You've ever since we first met at the very first platform conference. And I've been following your journey. And, and man, you've had some incredible successes in, in, in really taking life by the horn and, and, and really radically changing your lifestyle. But it seems like you have this, these times when you fall into the old way. And, and, I want you to know that I understand that. I, and he told me his story of, of his his lifestyle and, and how he had discovered his health and fitness journey himself. By the way, at the time, I believe that Ken was 68 years old at that on that day. Not that it was his birthday, but but that at the time, he says, Cliff, uh, Cliff I'm 68 years old. Ken was is in, you know, at 68 years old, he's in very good physical condition. Uh, sitting across the table from me. And that morning, Ken had run three miles up a mountain in Colorado. And we're not talking a, you know, a sl- uh, just a, a small little hill. We're talking a real official mountain in Colorado. In fact, just a two, no, a month earlier than that, I was at a second score, com- my second score conference in October 2014 in just north of Vail, Colorado. And he also had been running up mountains in Vail, Colorado, which were even steeper mountains. So at 68 years old, Ken Davis 
is literally running up mountains and he's going on like 50 mile bike rides and he's just a, a picture of health. And so he tells me his story and he, he pulls out a picture of himself from many years earlier and I couldn't believe it was him. And so he says, Cliff, I totally relate to this up and down yo-yo journey that you've been on. And he goes, but I want to make an offer to you that I've never made to anyone else. And I and tr- trust me, I will not be offended if you tell me no. And if I'm out of my place, I'll just stop talking and, and we won't, we won't, it, it, nothing will, be, I mean, everything will be just fine between us. But I just want to make this offer to you to see if you're open to it. But he says, Cliff, I w- I'm, I'm wanting to offer to you to be a mentor, to, to be a mentor to you in the area of health and fitness. And if you're open to it, I, I would like to hold you accountable to several commitments. And I believe that they will forever change your life. You won't have the up and ups and downs. Not, not to say that you won't fall down and make a mistake here and there, but no longer will you fall down and you know skip a couple days and then feel like ah why bother and then just slip right back into an old uh, old lifestyle and and completely you know go back all the way back up to where you were to start again i was absolutely interested in anything that he wanted to say at this point in fact i'd been on the verge of wanting to get back into changing my habits related to health and fitness, but I just didn't know where to start this time. And one thing that I had tried before was having an accountability partner or something like that. And and it just so happens that earlier that week, my friend Ray Edwards told me that he had been achieving great levels of success in his health and fitness journey by working out with his son, Sean, as an accountability partner. And I told him, I said, you know, I that sounds very interesting. I've had accountability partners when it comes to working out, but I've always found them a, a more demotivating to me than motivating because oftentimes, you know, they fail to show up or, I, 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 well, that's mostly it is that, you know, it, it's just like you want to make a commitment to do this and, and then all of a sudden something happens in their schedule and they don't want to, they're not able to do it. And so you don't, feel as motivated or whatever the case may be. And he could, and Ray said to me, he says, Cliff, I had the same feelings about an accountability partner and, and same experiences. And I, he says, I think what has made this different is the fact that I'm working out with my son. And for the first time I have an accountability partner that I authentically don't want to let down. And that phrase, that response stuck with me. And so when Ken is making this offer just like a day and a half later, I'm sitting there thinking, wow, Ken Davis is somebody that I really look up to. And he is definitely somebody who fits the bill of somebody that I would not want to let down. And so as a result of that, I said, hey, Ken, can you tell me what these commitments are that you would hold me to? He says, well, number one, I would want you to read my book called Fully Alive. He says that it's important. And I, he, he said it was important that I would understand his story. And while he gave me a, a, a bit of his story over the dinner conversation, he said that the full story was in the book. And I think and he thought that it would have a pretty profound impact on motivating me. And, and so I, I said, OK, what's the second commitment? He goes, 
Well, the second commitment, and it's actually referenced in the in my book, Fully Alive, the second commitment is I want you to read a book called Younger Next Year. Now, the book Younger Next Year is going to lead to the next commitment, the third commitment. And the third commitment is actually mentioned in the book, and it's making a commitment to working out six days a week, every week, for the rest of your life. Now, I got to tell you, reading Ken's book, Fully Alive, and then reading the other book, Younger Next Year, not a big deal. But my ears really perked up when Ken said, I want you to work out, I want you to commit to working out six days a week, every week. And, it, and I was even further interested and intrigued by the phrase, for the rest of your life. And it even had more impact with me when Ken says, that's a commitment that I made years ago, and that's how I've been able to achieve the, the, where I am today in my physical health. And he goes, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that I don't make mistakes. I'm not saying there aren't times when I I fail to live up to the six days a week, but my commitment is six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. And I want to hold you accountable to that if you commit to it. And I also want you to hold me accountable to it. Now, he told me initially that's going to be all cardio, art, aerobic, heart rate focused exercise, but eventually you'll get into where three days, two or three days a week is going to be very intense strength training where you're literally ripping your muscles apart so they'll grow back stronger. And well, after, oh, and there was one more commitment, a fourth commitment. He said that um, the fourth commitment is that I want you to come to Nashville in May of next year, which would have been May 2015, and I want you, in, which was six months later, by the way, in May of next year, in six months, I'm going to be doing a triathlon. It's not one of those long triathlons. It's a, it's what they call a, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's, it's a shorter triathlon. It's like a mini triathlon. I think it was 200 yards of swimming or 400 yards of swimming. I can't remember. It was 11 miles of a bike ride and a two-mile run. But anyway, a sprint triathlon, that's what it was called. He says, I'm doing a sprint triathlon, and I want you in six months from now to complete that triathlon with me. So that if you're going to take me up on my offer, the commitment is read my book, read Younger Next Year, Six days a week, every week for the rest of your life, working out and completing this triathlon in six months. And I said, Ken, do, can I have some time to pray about it? And he said, sure. And uh, then jokingly, about 30 seconds later, I said, okay, Ken, I've prayed about it. I'm in. And then I proceeded to tell him how it, basically his offer was an answer to prayer. And and long story short, well, okay, not so short, that began uh, what was a radical transformation in my life, in my mind, and and has radically impacted every area of my life. It all started November 14th, 2014, the day that I finally decided to start living. Now, I know that was a lot to share just to set up this episode, but I wanted to share with you what I have had in my life as the most significant lifestyle change and developed healthy habit 
that I've ever had in my life. And I got to tell you that for the first 30 days, I, and I remember them well, <laughs> I did audio journaling through my old podcast called Pursuing a Balanced Life. But for those first 30 days, it took pure willpower and accountability. And if it wasn't for the willpower of just saying, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, and the accountability of my mentor, Ken Davis, if it wasn't for the willpower and accountability, I don't think I would still be doing it today. Now, the second 30 days wasn't as challenging. It still took some willpower some days of the week. It was kind of like one or two days a week. It's like, man, do I have to? But over somewhere within the the second 30 days, it went from being a question of if I'm going to go and work out to when am I going to go and work out. It took less and less willpower as I got closer to the end of those second 30 days. Now, after 60 days and somewhere between 61 and 90 days, I don't know when it was, I don't know what day it happened, and I don't even remember it actually like just clicking and happening, but somewhere between 61 and 90 days, working out literally became an addiction for me. And it's a healthy addiction. It, it, is, it is an addiction that I'm proud to have. And I'm still addicted today. And in fact, three years later, I still work out six days a week, every week. And I am still absolutely convinced I will do that for the rest of my life. Now, with that being my experience, it got me to start asking the question, how long does it take for us to develop a healthy habit or to to develop a habit into such a, a routine that it just becomes a part of our lives, a, a part of our identity? And the most common answer you're going to find anywhere on the internet or but in any conversation, if you are to ask, how long does it take to develop a habit, you will hear, it takes 21 days. Now, I'm not going to state for the record that that is a myth, but I do want to tell you that I did a bit of research on this whole, where did the 21 days come from? And it most of the time, I would say in almost all instances in modern day self-help, uh, productivity, you know, this this field of personal development realm that we're in, if you have been told by anybody in our industry in this niche that it takes 21 days to develop a habit, that thought or that phrase or that quote unquote fact can be likely traced back to Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Now, Dr. Maltz was a plastic surgeon who who basically noticed a pattern in some of his patients. For example, he had patients who he had done amputations on where they had lost a a leg or an arm. And after having their arm or leg amputated, they would report the sensation of having a phantom limb for about 21 days before they actually adjusted to life without the limb and it just became normal and the phantom pain went away or the sensation of having a phantom limb went away. Now, similarly, he had patients who had cosmetic surgery on their face 
And he said that his patients would report that looking into a mirror was very shocking to them, that it took them a, a while to adjust. And in discussing with his payment, uh, patients and following them very closely, he noticed, again, a pattern that it was about 21 days before they began to get used to seeing their new face in the mirror. Now, this caused Dr. Maltz to evaluate his own experiences with adjusting to new habits that he had experienced over, over his lifetime. And when he began to intentionally evaluate developing new routines and new habits in his own life, new behavior patterns, he noticed that, again, about 21 days or a minimum of 21 days is what he would say. And in 1960, he wrote a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Now, by the way, Psycho-Cybernetics was, again, it was published in 1960 by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. And this book from 1960, Psycho-Cybernetics, has since sold over 30 million copies. And in that book, Dr. Maltz wrote that he noticed that it seems to take, and here's his quote, a minimum of 21 days to form a habit. Now, there are two things I want to point out to you. That number one, nowhere in that book did he state as a fact that it takes 21 days to develop a habit. Nor do I believe he actually ever said that he did scientific research. He basically said, hey, here... Out of working with my patients and after working in, in with these people, here's what I've observed. I've, I've, I've observed this. And specifically, what he observed is that he said it takes a minimum, a minimum of 21 days to develop a habit. Now, as a result of the popularity of this book, many people began to quote his observations as fact. However, there, I, I would say that a lot of the original uh, motivational speakers, self-help gurus, uh, life coaches, you know, people like Jim Rohn, uh, gosh, who else is there? Zig Ziglar, Tony Robbins, and all these other people, that, you know, they, they obviously were inspired and motivated by a lot of the things that they read in Psycho-Cybernetics. And so I'm certain that all of those guys, when telling the story of, of this whole thing about developing new behavioral patterns, that they probably quoted correctly that these were observations of Dr. Maxwell Maltz and that Dr. Maxwell Maltz in his book, Cyber Cybernetics, said that he observed that it takes a, that it generally takes a minimum of 21 days to develop a habit. However, as people began to hear somebody from a secondary source, such as a motivational guru, speaker, or whatever the case may be, and then those people would hear it from them and tell somebody else who would then tell somebody else who would then tell somebody else. And eventually what happened was that people started to drop the fact that this these were observations and instead have been saying, oh, well, you know, it's a, it's a known fact and research shows that it takes and they dropped off the minimum. And so research has proven that it takes 21 days to develop a habit. And then so after time, it, it's like people sometimes have extended that out. And you will sometimes hear it takes 30 days to develop a habit. And 
The reality is that if that's the trace, if that's the origin of that line of thinking of how long does it take to develop a habit, I I will tell you that it's led a lot of people astray and that they have made 21-day and 30-day commitments only to find out that after they you know, finished and successfully achieved their 21 or 30 days, they find themselves going back to some of their older habits. Now, in my research of this, I did notice that there, and by the way, I'm just researching scientific research that I found, and scientific research that's been done more recently, uh, and that is actually, you know, educational, like colleges, universities around the world doing these behavioral studies what recent studies have shown is that habits, how long they take to form depend on what ha- the habit is, who is it, who it is that's trying to form the habit, and also any related circumstances that surround the person trying to develop the habit. So there is no one number for anyone, but there's been enough research and enough studies done to know this. Number one, that... Forming a new habit typically takes a minimum of two months and can take as much as eight months or even longer, but somewhere between two months and eight months, depending on the habit you're trying to incorporate into your lifestyle, who you are and your own circumstances, your own environment, a lot of those things are involved, but really you should not expect to develop a habit in anything less than two months. Now, that's what my research of all the current studies on how long does it take to develop a habit. Now, by the way, here's some encouragement for you. Don't feel so bad any longer about the fact that you've tried 21 and 30 day challenges and then went back to your old way of living. Don't get discouraged by that because if you felt like I should have been able to turn that into a habit, there's a good reason you didn't because most all habits, most of them require a minimum of two months of consistently doing those things before they become a habit, and some of them can take up to eight months or even longer. And don't let that discourage you either. You should just commit to it and and begin moving forward. And the good thing is that all of this research out there shows that missing a day here or there has no measurable effect on whether or not you actually form the new habit. So this is not an all or nothing scenario. And by the way, that's why I'm a, I'm not a huge fan of apps that consistently focus on tracking how many streaks that you you know you're, they call them streaks. How many how many days in a row have you been consistent uh, without missing a day? And I can't begin to tell you the number of habit tracking applications and. Uh, health fitness apps and and eating diaries and all those other things where that says, hey, you have successfully done this X number of days, X number of days, and then all of a sudden you miss a day and then you went from, oh my gosh, I had 220 some odd days and uh, now I'm down to zero. Now I've got to start all over again. That can be demotivating, but the reality is, is that missing a day here or there, it doesn't, is it does not impact whether or not you are going to be able to develop this as a regular part of your lifestyle of developing this as a part of your identity. So for example, I tell you that on November 14th, 2014, I made the commitment to work out six days a week, every week for the rest of my life. And I have maintained that commitment. 
Now, does that mean that I have never missed more than one day a week? No. I would say that in the past three years, there have been a total of maybe five or six weeks. I can't remember any that were back to back, but there have been probably five or six different weeks somewhere spread throughout the last three years where I did not make it all six days. Uh, Some of those were, I remember one time I went to the doctor, I had an upper respiratory infection, and he told me, said, Cliff, listen, you really need to give yourself some rest. I'm going to give you a, uh, a steroid shot and some antibiotics. I want you to take two or three days off. That was one of about five different circumstances where things like that happened. There was a time when I was traveling and I literally had one of those days where you get up at five o'clock in the morning, you have to get straight to the airport and then you're flying all day, making connection here, you know, taking a connecting flight. Then you get in, you're waiting for transportation. You can't get into your hotel. You just go out and grab some lunch with somebody. You come back and then it's like all of a sudden you've got this time zone change and it's like, you know what? I'm just going to go to bed and I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go to gym, the gym at the hotel. And as a result of that, I worked out five days that week instead of six. So there have been times when I quote unquote didn't live up to the letter of the law of working out exactly six days. But when I say that, hey, I made a commitment to working out six days a week every week for the rest of my life, I'm able in my mind to credibly say that I've maintained that commitment because this is not an all or nothing. This is an overall routine of, of if we look at the last three years, can I say that I've consistently maintained this commitment? Yes. Now, if I, if I went three weeks without working out, I would not be able to say that to you. But just because I missed two or three days, maybe five different times over the course of three years spread out from each other, then that doesn't keep you from that being your identity. I will tell you right now, I am a endurance athlete, and by endurance athlete means that I can go for eight or nine hours with my heart rate above 65 to 70% of my maximum heart rate with no problem at all, and I'm able to go on 100-mile bike rides as a result of it. Um, I, I have greater strength in my body, more muscle mass than I've ever experienced, that I ever dreamed possible. And I look forward to getting into the gym. It's, it's Matter of fact, it is still today the number one most important thing I do every single day, six days a week. All right? So anyway, how long does it take to develop a habit? Know this. It takes somewhere between two to eight months. And number two, you don't have to do it every single day to develop the habit. Now, I want to share with you a couple tips real quick about incorporating habits into your daily routine. Tip number one, I would encourage you to get an accountability partner or join an accountability group. I realize you might have some hesitation. You say, well, I've been there, done that. It didn't work. They always fail on me. They let me down. I get so hyped up and I'm excited to go work out with them or I'm excited to do this with them. I'm excited to celebrate together our successes. But for whatever reason, either uh, it's usually we think about the times that they've let us down. We very seldom do we think about the times we may have let them down, right? But anyway, Here's some tips on finding the right accountability partner or a gr- or group. So 
this is a tip within a tip. I get it. Anyway, find someone who demonstrates a high level of self-discipline themselves. What you want is somebody who has high expectations for themselves and somebody who is consistently living up to those expectations. Those people are going to motivate you and encourage you to set a high bar for yourself and to live up to it. Number two, find somebody that you don't want to disappoint. Ray Edwards, he told me it was his son, Sean. For me, it was it was my friend, Ken Davis. This is a mentor of mine. I wasn't going to disappoint him, and that was a motivating factor. Another one here, find someone who is invested in your success. You know, just a, just a random person on social media, probably not the best person. If you don't have a deep relationship with the, with the person that's going to hold you accountable, I don't know how that's going to work out for you. I, I highly encourage you to take somebody who you trust is deeply committed and invested in your success. Next tip here, find more than one person. Uh, you know, especially if your resistance to finding an accountability partner is that, well, I've tried that before and that person just doesn't show up. Well, you know, instead of hire, having one accountability partner to show up at the gym with you, how about you have two or three or four? Or if it's not having them come to the gym and meeting you there and working out with you, maybe you have two or three or four other people who six days a week are committed to working out and you check in with each other and the encouragement is that there's always going to be out of the group, there's at least somebody else in the group, you know, hopefully a majority of you, if not all of you, are living up to that commitment and you're encouraging one another. In fact, reminds me of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12 in the Old Testament. It says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the person who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they can keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. And then my favorite line, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. And of course, if a cord of three strands is not quickly broken, you can imagine a cord of four strands or five strands. The more people in your accountability group, potentially the better, as long as they all are people who demonstrate a high level of self-discipline themselves, that are somebody that you don't want to disappoint, that these people are invested in your success. You get the idea, right? By the way, just a quick note, the Next Level Mastermind is still taking applications, but that group is filling fast, so I'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. But tip number one is to get an accountability partner or join an accountability group. Tip number two, don't try to attempt to do too much at once. Don't try to change every single aspect of your life in one fell swoop. You didn't become the person you are today with all the habits and and routines that you have. You didn't develop all of that overnight. You can't undo or change everything overnight. And oftentimes what I see is a lot of people will get super excited about making some lifestyle changes. They get involved in an accountability group and the next thing you know, they they make an entirely long list of things that they would love to see in their perfect day, their perfect week, their perfect morning routine, and before you know it, uh, they're just overwhelmed. In fact, 
In the Next Level Mastermind, we have an accountability app that we're using to track each other's commitments and what we're committed to on a daily basis. And each day we're going in and checking in. It's optional. Not, I mean, it's not a requirement that you participate in the accountability app aspect of our Next Level Mastermind, but it's an option for anybody who wants that added accountability even between their hot seats. We have this app set up and one of the people in my group said this, the accountability app has made me realize that I try to do way too much each and every day. At the end of the day, I'm stressed by what I haven't done simply because I'm trying to do too much. You have all inspired me to keep moving forward. And even if today I don't reach the habit goals, tomorrow is a new day. Now, I'm not going to mention this person by name. This is inside of our discussion forum of of the Next Level Mastermind. But what I will say to this person, just without speaking their name and anybody else who might be facing this, I would encourage you to remove several of your daily goals. Now, I, what I mean by that is, is I, I'm not saying don't set those as aspirational things that you want to incorporate as healthy habits in your life. In fact, I would encourage you to make a long list somewhere else of new habits that you want to slowly inject. But instead, I would encourage you to pick one maybe two, and at the most, three brand new habits that you would like to develop and make a part of your regular identity of who you are. To And, and I want to encourage you to take those one, two, or at maximum three and master them before you add a new one. So what does that mean? That, that means like I'm already pretty consistent at doing Habit number one, habit number two. So go ahead and add habit number one, habit number two. Those are pretty low-hanging fruit, and you you know that each day when you go to check in, you're going to be able to put a green check mark and say, yep, I did that. Yep, I did that. The simple fact that now you're logging it and sharing it with your accountability group, what that means is that even though you have been pretty consistent, there have been times when you've let yourself slide and you chose not to do something that you knew that you want to be a part of your regular routine. But because there is no accountability, you kind of just let it slide every now and then. Just simply adding that as a habit, habit number one, habit number two, since those things are there, now that they're so much a part of your routine regularly to actually commit to saying, I'm going to do this every day or I'm going to commit to this six days a week or whatever the case may be, go ahead and add those on as habit number one, two, and you can add as many of those as you like. Okay, but when it comes to something that it's like, okay, now here's something I desperately need in my life. I need, I know I need to commit to this, but I've not successfully been able to routinely make this a part of my life. I mean, it's not, I, I, I'm, it's just like, this is really a struggle for me. It, it takes tons of willpower. Here's what I will tell you. Willpower is like a muscle. Willpower, and I, and by the way, this is scientific research. I don't have the, re, I, I didn't go back and look where I found this, but willpower is like a muscle, and that muscle, the more it's used, it will slowly give out. That's why it's, have you ever found yourself making a decision that I'm going to choose to be very healthy, focused with my food choices throughout the day, and in the, in the morning, you find no problem at all uh, staying away from the pastries and the donuts and all the other sugary snacks. Lunch, you probably are okay and, and you're, you were able to skip the, 
the French fries and the tater tots or whatever, the loaded baked potato with extra sour cream or whatever the case may be. But then it's dinner time and it's like all of a sudden it's like, you know what, I want seconds, but you choose not to. But sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. And then the next thing you know, you're watching TV. It's 8 o'clock at night, and that's where you go into the pantry, and you, you, you pull out a bag of greasy potato chips, and you eat the entire bag. Why? Well, because you've been exercising. You've been using that muscle of willpower all day long, and, and it's, it's been stretched out. It's been stretched. And as a result, at the end of the day, you only, you only have so much willpower. And willpower isn't just used in your new habits. Your willpower sometimes is used in some of the other activities that you've got going on in your, throughout your day. So you're not just using your willpower on these new little habits that you're forming. But here's what I can say is that if you are trying to do habit tracking inside of your habit tracking application that you're sharing with your accountability group, if you're adding three new things that are not a part of your daily routine, but you want them desperately to be, but each of those three new things require a significant amount of willpower to actually get up and off the ground, I got to tell you, you're you're going to consistently see failure over and over again because you're trying to incorporate too many things. You don't have enough willpower to do that, or you may not even have enough time. You know, David Allen, he wrote the book, Getting Things Done, which, by the way, I've never read, but I have heard him quoted many times for saying, you can do anything you want, but you can't do everything. And so sometimes it, it shocks me at the, to see sometimes the number of things people will put into their habit tracking software. And when I look at it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I, you're I mean, OK, that that's that's a lot of things. And where is where's the flexibility in your day? Where's the flexibility in your schedule? And. And, and stuff like that. But it, it'll be interesting to see how many, some of, how some of those things stack up. Are, you know, are they able to consistently do this? Are, you know, will they need to make some adjustments and allow for some more margin and flexibility and, and, and things of that nature? But tip number two, don't try to do too much. Instead, pick one or two positive habits that you want to make a part of your life and work on mastering those. Tip number three, ask yourself why. For any habit you want to develop, I believe you really must have a great reason for making it a part of your life. The more emotionally tied that you are to this reason why you want to incorporate this habit, the more likely you're going to stick with it. So I would encourage you when you're asking yourself why, ask yourself this, what pain will this help me avoid? What pleasure will I experience by doing this? And, and I want you to think about very emotional or physical pains and very emotional or physical pleasures that these habits will cause if you do or don't do them. Tying it emotionally and having a good reason why and remaining focused on that is going to help you succeed. Also, I want to suggest that your why should always come within you and not from external forces. Don't allow other people to should on you. Coming from my very Christian background, I'll never forget the number of times when I just felt absolutely 
compelled to make a commitment, I must study the Bible every single day. I want to spend at least one hour studying scripture every single day. There were times when that came internally, but even sometimes internally that came from a lot of conditioning and outside expectations as saying, well, if you, to, to be to be a, a real Christian, it means to do this. You know, if you were if you were truly devoted, truly committed, and and what I realized is just how much of that was coming from external forces. And so, um, you know, it, it, just make sure that when you are making these commitments, that you're not doing it because you're trying to avoid the condemnation or the expectations of others. Do it for yourself. It's not a selfish thing to want to make sure that the habits that you are doing are for your benefit. This is your life, by the way, not someone else's. Live your life. Ask yourself why. That's tip number three. Tip number four, don't compare your list of habits to others. Now, this is specifically for those of us who are in an accountability group where other people are sharing what their goals and daily routines and habits are that they're trying to maintain. For example, in the Next Level Mastermind, again, not sharing any names, but one person has this on their list. Wake up by 5 a.m., work out by 6 a.m., meditate at 8 a.m., review goals at 8.30 a.m., two to four hours of content creation per day doing deep work, no alcohol or soda throughout the day, read for one hour at 9 p.m. and be in bed by 9 p.m. I, you know, I think those are extremely valuable goals to have. For me, I'm an early riser. I personally, I would love to be up at 5 a.m. every single morning. It's not on my list right now. And the, by the way, the reason why it's not on my list is because there there are times when that's just not what I want. It's it's not something that I feel like I have to live up to. I, why should I get up there at 5 a.m.? If I, if I really want to be up at 5 a.m., I'd get up at 5 a.m. But sometimes I want to sleep in until 7 o'clock. It, and I'm cool with that. And so I, I don't need that right now. And if I, if I desperately wanted it, that would, for me, at this moment in time, it would be a, an, a habit that would require a great deal of willpower. So for me to set that as one of my habits to be tracked and shared for accountability purposes, I'd have to put it off because, well, right now, I've got two other goals that are currently on my list that require a great deal of willpower. And so right now, that goal of waking up at 5 a.m. is not on my list. What I'm saying is that you don't want to see the list of other people and then compare yourself. It's like, wow, you know, I, I must be playing it small. Don't ever, here's the thing, when you see these other folks checking off their goals and and it's like they've got all these amazing goals and, and you see them hitting every day, it's like 100%, they're hitting all of their goals, understand that a lot of these goals may have already become a, a daily part of their routine. They've They've maybe been working on this, on each of those individually over time and and one by one, they were able to incorporate these into their daily routine. Or number two, their willpower is really strong in the first couple of days or weeks of setting these goals, and and you may find that they need to modify them in a couple of weeks. So, but the idea here isn't to it isn't to look at other people's habits that they've tracked and to compete with your other people in your accountability group. This the, an accountability group and sharing your habits that you want to 
incorporate into your daily life. This isn't a competition with each other. The goal is to compete with who you were yesterday. The goal is to compete with who you were last week. The goal is to compete with who you were last year. This is not about a competition. The reason why we're sharing our goals and our new habits that we're trying to live up to and we're tracking whether or not we're actually living up to those commitments that we have, it's just there so that other people can encourage us and say, good job, or hey, and ask, hey, I noticed that you haven't been able to to knock that goal or to, to successfully hit that goal that you've been trying to strive for? Is there anything I can do to help or you want to talk about it? Anything like that. The, the, the goal is there for the sharing purposes is for encouragement. That's what it's there for. And then I'll give you one more tip. Surround yourself with role models. Whatever habit that you're trying to incorporate in your life, I want to encourage you to surround yourself with role models. Now, Jim Rohn is famous for saying, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And that's absolutely true. And that's why I love the mastermind group atmosphere. But it's not just the people that you spend the most time with. It's the input that you take. You're, you are the average of, you, basically, what you put into your life, you will get out of your life. And this also includes the, the kind of content you're listening to, the kind of pictures that you see, the, the just it's not just the people, but it's the environment. It's all the other stuff. So let me give you an example of some things that I've done. So I told you my goal is to work out six days a week every week for the rest of my life. So one of the things that I did back in 2015 is I subscribed to Men's Health, Men's Fitness, and Muscle and Fitness magazines. Now, every month, I would get three issues of these magazines. And on the front cover of these magazines are people, are, are guys, men, who are absolutely ripped, all right? They, they are muscular, they are lean, but these are people who are extremely healthy physically, okay? And I purchased those magazines, not for the articles inside, but just so that those front covers of those magazines were a consistent image that I am consistently faced with. There are many of those magazines, I I have a stack of about 30 of them on my bathroom counter in my office bathroom. There are magazines sitting next to my reading chair in my bedroom. There are magazines in various other places. And every time I look anywhere in my house, you will find either a men's health, a men's fitness, or a muscle and fitness magazine with a guy with a sculpted physique on the front cover. And it's just like that's just an image that I see consistently. It's something that's in my mind. It's like, well, this is just normal. This is this is, is, isn't this how everybody looks, right? And so I will tell you that has a, those are role models for me on those front covers. Also, by the way, my Instagram account, if you were to go to Instagram slash Cliff EOTC, that's my Instagram user ID, and look at the people that I follow, you might be shocked, and some of you might even judge me. Uh, I don't care, personally, but if you do go in and you look, you'll find that I follow a lot of fitness models, Okay, I follow very few people that I know in person. Very few people. I use Facebook for that. I use Twitter for that. But when it comes to Instagram, I use Instagram as my primary source 
of motivation for people who are role models and specifically people who spend lots of time in the gym. So when I log into my Instagram account and I scroll down, I'm consistently seeing people who are in the gym working out like crazy every single day. And in their Instagram stories, it's all about their their uh, workouts at the gym, it's all about their meal prepping and the types of meals and they're all healthy meals that they're having and there's some balance there. There are some people that's like, wow, check out these donuts that I have, you know, but but that's somebody who you can tell that that's, that that's an exception every now and then. But the idea here is that you want to surround yourself with people who are achieving success at high levels in the areas of life where you are looking to achieve success. So real quickly, those five tips that I've shared with you. Number one, get an accountability partner or join an accountability group. Tip number two, don't try to attempt to do too many things. Instead, choose one or two new habits, master them before you add any new ones to the list to be tracked with your accountability group. Tip number three, ask yourself why. And also, make sure that you're emotionally tied to the why. Emotionally, what pain will you avoid or what pleasure will you experience? Tip number four, don't compare yourself to in, in your list of habits to anybody else on the list. Let their habits be their habits. The whole purpose of sharing the list of habits with each other is so that you can simply encourage them in the pursuit of their goals. You never know how long it took them to develop the the lifestyle and the routine that they have to where they can easily check off every single day all of those things that you see on their list. Don't expect that you can just get there overnight just by joining the accountability group and setting it up. And then tip number five, surround yourself with role models. Now in closing, I just wanna share with you the app that I'm using with my Next Level Mastermind members, and I'm even getting ready to invite my Green Room Mastermind into this as well. It is called Habit Share, and you can find this at habitshareapp.com, habitshareapp.com. It is a free app. After doing lots of research, I, I looked into Streaks, I looked into Make Me app, I looked into, I, I looked into 15 different applications to decide which one did I want to implement inside of the Next Level Mastermind. And I ended up going with Habit Share because number one, it is a mobile application, which means that you can track this not just while you're in front of your desktop computer, but you can be logging your habits as you achieve them throughout your day, anywhere you are, as long as you have your smartphone with you. It is iOS and Android compatible, so they have apps for both and they're interchangeable. Uh, and it's social, so you can actually add friends and share your habit tracking with your friends and you can message each other inside. But basically, after a lot of research and a lot of testing out the different features and functionalities, I chose to go with Habit Share. And again, you can get that at habitshareapp.com. The good news is that I reached out to Luke, who is developing this app, and I have confirmed that this app is still under ongoing development, uh, right? The actual app itself as it is, all the functionality that's there, there now, he's committed to at this time having all of that be free for life, and it's an incredible amount of features for being free, 
and he is developing some new features that he's building into the app and he's looking to monetize this at at some point by probably adding some functionality that would be premium features down the road. So I did get some confirmation from Luke, who is the developer of the app, and this app is being worked on with some some new features going to be rolling out before too long. But the good news is that it's free, and as the app has, as far as the functionality that's there today, as far as he is concerned, it will be free for life. And right now, there are no ads in it. Uh, so, But let me just say this. If he decided to turn on and put ads in there in the free version, I certainly wouldn't fault him for it. I told him, I said, listen, if you put ads in this, he, he didn't suggest that he was thinking about that. He and I were just going back and forth in email. And I said, listen, if you ever decide to put ads in the free version, please give me the option to pay $5, $10, $15, or even $20 to remove the ads. I do not want to see ads. But preferably... I would love to see you create a premium version of this where we could have groups, where we could have some other functionality. And if you did that, and if if it was more than just removing ads, I would pay you like five bucks a month or, you know, 50 bucks a year or even $99 a year for this. I would pay you an ongoing subscription based upon some of the features I'd love to see implemented. But as it is now, it's an incredibly awesome app. You can check it out at habitshareapp.com. You can immediately start using this with your own accountability partner or your own accountability group. Now, again, real quickly, if you don't have an accountability group and you want not just an accountability group, but you want the mastermind relationship, if you are on the journey of full-time self-employment and you have been operating your own business and you already have clients who are paying for products and services and you want to take that to an incredibly new level that you never dreamed possible before in 2018 and beyond, I want to encourage you to check out the Next Level Mastermind. Now, this is not just an accountability group, but this is so much more. And then we talked about that in episode number 526 over at podcastanswerman.com slash 526. We talked about all the different benefits of being in a mastermind group. I just want to tell you that the I have two groups of the Next Level Mastermind. One meets on Wednesday mornings. That group now has seven members in it, which means it's more than halfway full. Applications are still coming in. So if you're interested in joining the morning session of the Next Level Mastermind, you want to go over to nextlevelmastermind.info And seriously, you want to get that application in as quickly as possible if you want in the morning group. Now, in the evening group, it's feeling slower, but I do still anticipate that certainly, if not by the end of December, certainly by the end of January, that group will be completely full as well. So if you've been thinking about joining the Next Level Mastermind, or if you want more information about it, head over to nextlevelmastermind.info. That's not .com, nextlevelmastermind.info, and click that button to submit your application today. Hey, until next time, my friends, I encourage you as you begin to change your daily routine by adding and developing new healthy habits so that you can change the identity of who you are and get closer to becoming the person you were created to be. Until next time, I encourage you to take every area of your life to the next level.